Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Southgoom and tonight I'm joined by Andy Howell and Benjamin James. Good evening chaps. Evening. Evening right. Benjamin, evening Matthew. Have we got our breath back? Oof, oh, not quite yet. Oh, yeah, well, just about, haven't we, after that oh, epic encounter? He says. I haven't. He's a man of experience. He's been at the big occasions before. He's been there, done that, got the t-shirt. We are, of course, talking about Wales's 21-13 victory over England at the Principality Stadium this evening. Uh, and I'll start with you. Um, quite an occasion. Oh, it was a fantastic occasion. Electric atmosphere. I think it was probably the biggest uh, match in this, uh, so certainly in the stadium since uh, Wales mugged England for the championship in 2013. They had the feel about it uh, this week as it did back then. You know, England were coming here as uh, favourites, full of it. You know, they'd beaten Ireland and they'd beaten France. You know, people were thinking, oh, you know, Wales, despite a record, Lem wins in a row, were massive underdogs. There's no way they could beat that English uh, juggernaut, but they certainly, uh, certainly punched the English uh, tyres and uh, fully deserved to win that match. Second half performance, apart from the opening five minutes, but Wales were pretty dominant. Ben, what did, what did it look like from where you were sat? Well, yeah, I sat next to you, so uh, it looked, looked pretty <laughs> best good, seat, it? Best seat in the house, then. Yeah, best seat <laughs> in the house. Um, yeah, just a really pleasing performance. I think the last ten minutes for me was really pleasing. You know, you sort of... We always talk about Wales being sort of good at finishing the matches stronger, but this England team have a knack of... Getting edging a lead into the last twenty minutes, and then suddenly with ten minutes to go, they just blow down, blow down the doors, don't they? And run in a couple of tries. Today they did it, they did it in Dublin, didn't they? It was tight in the first sort of yeah, sixty they, minutes. Yeah, Ireland chasing they, they, the game, they, so that was different. Ireland weren't really chasing the game, to be honest. They they didn't. They never came out with the sort of traps when it came to chasing the game. But that's another matter. Yeah, but they were chasing the game and taking chances to try and get back in the game. Not as many as they should, is what I'm saying. But that's that's another matter for another day. Come on, it's, it's late at night. Let's 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 keep on to, to Wales England. But yeah, not only did Wales get out in front after you know a 34 phase move try, which you, you don't see that from Wales that often, do you? No. Three, you know, five phases, and it, it's usually either kick it away or, or we scored, or you know, that's it. Yeah, 34 phases. Let me put it, let me put this to you, then, advice. Wales with a fitter team. Yeah, I think. I'd, I'd agree. But what I will say is and. This is something that I picked up. It's a lot easier to be the fit team when you got more of the ball, and only the set. This is the only the second match in this twelve-game winning streak where Wales have had more ball than the opposition. Yeah, because England employed Wales's tactics, or they normally employ, which is kick the ball away. And you know, it, it, it was a tackling performance in a half from England, but they couldn't do the full eighty, and that's yeah, any other a real role reversal, isn't it? And I think uh, England had one plan, plan A. They didn't have plan, didn't have a plan B. When uh, Wales were able to deal with the uh, kicking threat, Johnny May. What are the English media saying about him? Yeah. Best winger in the world. Uh, we've before. dispelled that tonight. Um, what were you surprised that um, that England persisted with the kicking game coming to Wales? Yes, like because like, we all we it was so obvious against France, but surely they would have they should have realised that this Welsh back three is far better. Than, than the French back three whereas we, we all know Johan Uge didn't know where he was supposed to be playing <laughs> you know that was calamitous at times and and surely they would have known that this you know Liam Williams is a, is a British and Irish Lions test 15 
self-appointed bomb defuser. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I mean, shouldn't they have come with different tactics? Well, they should. Yeah. You should. Yeah, you should. Because extent, England, yeah. England got good backs, haven't they? So where's the fluency? Why not try? Why not move the ball more? Elliot Daly. We didn't see him in the game at all as attacking threat. Two laggies first run in the second half. Didn't make a pass, did he? In the uh, yeah, two laggy was quiet. Um, apart from that, well, one if he's not touching the, the ball, he's going to be quiet. But the thing is, you say should they have persisted with the kicking game or should they not? It wasn't the same kicking game that they had against Ireland because definitely not against France, but that's an anomaly because all the kicks were coming from Youngs and Farrell. It was it was it was almost like the sort of old school England kicking game, ten man rugby, wasn't it? Slade yeah. was quiet. They didn't get Slade into the ball, Daly into the ball. And then if you're kicking from different sort of channels, maybe England would have had more success with the kicking game. Yeah. But they just kicked off 10. And <laughs> you do that, yeah. the way Liam played today, you know, he, he could have dealt with some of them kicks blindfold. And he was yeah, just on was fire, so wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, you've got to point, if you're an England fan, you've got to point a finger at Owen Farrell because he did not bring his backs into the game. It was him who was uh, kicking the ball away. If Youngs wasn't, it's up to Farrell, then he? he calls the shots on the field. I spoke to Eddie Jones after the match. Eddie says they've given a, a game plan. They don't have to do it. They just give them the framework they want, and it's up to the players to make decisions on the field. But Farrell got hustled. Wales did. Wales devised a great defensive strategy. They had Gaz Davis rushing him all the time. He put him off, knocked yeah. him out of his stride. Wales also caught England off guard. George North wearing number fourteen. Josh Adams eleven. But what did Wales do? They switched wings from the off. So it was um, Adams marking. Uh, um, a Johnny May yeah. and it was North up against uh, Jack Noel and Adams did a great job because uh, after Anscombe had been charged down England broke away in the second half he as, as May yeah. received the pass Adams was on him yeah. now if he had a yard he wouldn't have caught him probably yeah, it was just that. you know he, he read the game so well so he did a great number on yeah, it yeah so it's a very good point so I would say the Wales actually outthought England their strategy so you've got a big hand to Warren Gatner Sean Edwards and the rest of the coaches Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Ben. Who's the? Um, who are some of the standout performers today for you? Then, if we just rattle through one or two quickly. I mean, starting from the back, I thought Liam was just you know official man of the match. He was just outstanding, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, first half, a couple of breaks were there. You know, he looked lively with the ball, and in the second half, he just never looked like he was going to drop a high ball. Uh, Josh Adams was similar. I mean, we'll talk about the try. For me, even more sort of impressive was the kickoff immediately after England mm-hmm. sort of went for the sort of the onside kick sort of short kickoff. Yeah, he's, he's plucked it out of the air, sort of Israel Falau, Aussie rule style, isn't he? Yeah, hands above yeah. the head. Yeah, so much desire, didn't he? There was no way he was going to lose either those either uh, ball for the try off of that uh, feeling a restart. Yep, absolutely. he looked like a bloke who was just absolutely loving it as well. Like yeah. just before his try, um, there was a moment where he just sort of. He was walking back to his his sort of mark, and um, he must have looked at the crowd, and and there were a number of people sat just in front of the press box who sort of gestured towards him, you know, throwing a few fist pumps and that, and then you could see he noticed it, and he turned around and he started asking the crowd to bring a bit of volume, and then lo and behold, a few phases later, he's he's beating that Elliot Daly in the air, and the rest is history, um, and you could just tell he's he's he looked like he was having the absolute time of his life. Oh, yeah. and, you know he's come a long way in twelve months, of course, because the the sort of standout image for, for him from that Twickenham performance last year would have been uh, Johnny May beating him to the ball to score the try. So you know it's, it's probably a nice sort of full circle moment for him, and yeah. and you know it's probably well it is his biggest win in a Welsh jersey. You know he's been around for the for the majority of this run, so um, it's probably a nice sort of full circle for him. Um, 
any more from you Anne, in terms of standout players I thought Alan Wynne Jones was excellent as captain and he just kept niggling away at England I you know, know very often Alan jo- Wynne Jones would take the ball up into contact he would actually take it static he didn't get very far but he was just such a nuisance and just a thorn in England uh, in England's side yeah. and, it, and I think he was part of the reason that um, Carl Sinclair blew a fuse in the second half because yeah. Alan Wynne had been on to him on to him all the time yeah. and uh, Sinclair just completely lost the uh, plot in, in, which, in what was a big moment in the uh, in, in, in the match do you think um, do you think he snapped then well, Sinclair, yeah, I think Eddie Jones was, dead, was right to take Sinclair off. Otherwise, he would have got at least Simbind, you know, soon afterwards. He just lost the plot. Uh, but I think, you know, that uh, his departure actually cost England a lot because um, he'd been a pile driver. Do you think Gatlin's singling him out in the week? As, do you think that sort of mind games, game plans paid off? We saw Eddie Jones did it with Patchell uh, last year. Um, he singled him out again in the press did, conference yeah. after the match said he's got demons uh, as a direct quote um, interesting like that wasn't it he's yeah, he sort, he sort of gone all the way through the sort of quote praising him and then he just threw that one in at the end you know yeah it's, yeah. we've got to point out that Gatlin also said you know, he's a great he thought he played pretty well he was good in attack I mean, good in defence set piece was solid but he has got he has got problems I mean, what Gatlin's, Gatlin's the man who gave him a lion start when Eddie Jones hadn't given him an England start so you know nobody sort of appreciates what Sinclair can do as a player more than Gatland mm. but um, you know he made those comments um, and he probably did turn out to be sort of right in the end um, for 59 minutes Carl Sinclair was absolutely phenomenal Yeah, and then it's just a couple of quick penalties um, it was noticeable though wasn't it every time it sparked off yeah, Sinclair we, was the furthest man away from it. We picked up on that, didn't we? Yeah, initially, in the first half, there were a few flashpoints, and he was literally on the on the far end of the field. He was he was in the he was in the he press was almost box. in the press box. <laughs> That's yeah. a one point. Um, so you know, but then eventually, like you said, slowly but surely, it started to go. You could see Gareth Davis having a go at him. Rob Evans, Alan Wynn was right in his face at times as well, and um, you know, perhaps it did get to him. Uh, perhaps he did snap Eddie Jones as has asked the press to quote look after him yeah, I uh, think that's fair that's fair yeah no yeah. absolutely um, I thought he handled that quite well he, he sort of pointed out that um, you know he said I know you're singling him out because Gatlin's picked up on it um, but uh, let's be fair to him he's a young player on the way up and let's look after him a little bit um, not very often you, you sort of hear coaches being that candid with press but that was um, yeah. that was fair enough yeah. Um, go on. I thought the other uh, went back to Wales there. Uh, the plus points thought Hardy Parks played well, particularly in the first half. Give him some uh, uh, go forward. Gareth Davis did that job on uh, on Farrell and uh, Moriarty. Ross Moriarty grew into the game as it went on. Yeah. Second half made a big impact. And the other bloke at times just interpreted as a one man team because Wales had to resort to using him at the line up, bringing him down to the front, throwing him in the air to win any uh, ball because that was the one uh, Welsh problem area was the line up. They had major problems there. Uh, Ken Owens, fantastic servant. I'm sure he, he'll, he'll bounce back. But you know, Wales have had uh, problems this Six Nations. Their line up return is in the 60%, mm, uh, which is, you know, which is uh, something's not right with the Welsh line out, which needs sorting out. He was, he was getting pretty frustrated with the mark. Sort of where his mark was, wasn't he? You could see him a number of times. Yeah, but he was stepping off the mark. He yeah. has got form for yeah. that as well. And he was he was maintaining to Jakob Piper uh, that he's he's not moving. And he was moving, yeah, and he got away as well. He got away with a couple of crooked throw here and there. Yeah, and uh, I'm not blaming him. Uh, I'm not blaming Ken completely for the line. There's a lot of other facets to the line. There's the lift, mm. the receiver, 
Uh, it's all got to come together. And England, yeah. in fairness, England have got a good lineup. But what's worrying, Italy and, Fr- and the French both did well against the Welsh lineup, though Ken didn't, didn't play in Italy. Yeah. Um, Warren Gatland suggested afterwards that they got they got one up on England tactically. Um, it was very noticeable quite early on that they were going to the pick and go every time they got into the 22. Um, says it's probably not something they expected from Wales and, and it and it worked out for them in the end. How did you see that? Do you yeah, agree with him? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's a good tactic Only. because England only commit a couple of men to the breakdown. So what's the best way is to pick and go through it, basically, or around the fringe of it. And then hopefully that, uh, you know, the England would have to change their tactics and bring uh, people in. Uh, yeah, that's where they were vulnerable around, uh, around that breakdown area. Cause I, I I mentioned that sort of before the match on Twitter. I put a few gifts out, and then I was like, I came into the sort of the press room at half time, and on TV, Jerry Guskett's there saying that the pick and goes weren't getting quick ball. And I came back to you two, and I said, that's the one thing they're doing that is getting quick ball because you look at the way England defend, and it's it's you got you got big defenders like Billy Vunapola and, and and Tom Curry who like to fly out on the fringes and hit your static ball carriers beyond the game line and they did that when we played off nine didn't they like you saw Tiprick and Allen win taking the ball up you know one up runners and we were getting hit back but if you if you know with a pick and goes you're just forcing to be passive and that's where we we, we actually got some meters in the, in the first half and then second half we, we saw put a bit more width on the ball and conversely then you're, you're stopping Vunapola and, and you're bypassing them the other way you're not going inside them you're going around them and I thought that's what Wales did really well today Mm. All right, so what do we... You two, you two dozed off during that, I think. No, you were. He <laughs> no. did it well. He did it well. Yeah, Wales did a good job on him. You know, Wales have thought him. Where, um, what did you make of referee Jaco Piper? Uh, he's had a bit of stick in some quarters. Um, I'm not quite sure why, because you know, Wales were only penalised three times. Um, and I think there was more... Uh, but he started badly, didn't he, with the tip pitch when he yeah. said no arms tackle when he clearly used his arms. Yeah, if he looked yeah. up at the big screen, you would have seen that. Mm. What uh, did you make of the England try? That was quite. Alan Wynne Jones wasn't happy with the way Courtney Laws tapped that ball out of a Welsh player's hand back to his. Went side. backwards. Nothing wrong with that. Was a more. Mm. Just wrestled it out of there, out of Ken's hands. Ken Owen's hands. Too fairly. Nothing wrong with that. What happened there, though? Do you know why they scored that try? Tipridge. Was because Tipridge nailed. Ben Youngs had him on the floor Kept so he held him on the floor so Youngs couldn't get back to the ruck held him down did his job actually held him down put him out of play and uh, Curry pick up did Curry yeah, pick up pick himself up himself no one else had filled that hole and just ran straight behind it which was just getting up to his feet you know thinking he'd done a job on Youngs yes he Curry Curry was pretty hot sizzle past him Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did notice uh, Ben Youngs give Justin Tipperick a little tap on the backside after that as well, so he would have been uh, would have enjoyed yeah. that one. But but that came from uh, Laws ripping the ball out that more. Yeah, Laws was good yeah. today. He was very good. Yep. And Wales in the first half when he moved, when he didn't move the ball and ran out the middle, they kept it. They had it. So, so Moore's, uh, Laws and Sinclair. Were, had magnets and they kept attracting the Welsh players because they kept running into them. Yeah, Law, so, it, it felt like Laws was everywhere, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even he doesn't top the tackle stats for England. That's Tom Curry's title, according to the, uh, the the sort of the immediate ones we get after the game. Not always accurate, but normally pretty good. Um, Tom Curry tops the tackles with twenty four. Um, as we discussed though before the pod, the Welsh players' tackle stats are not actually that high compared to what they normally are. Um, no. Josh Navidi, I think, was Wales's top tackler with twelve, but 
normally in big games like this, you see that somebody pushing around the twenty mark. Um, so what? Why? You know, it was obviously a massively physical encounter. Uh, is it just simply that Wales had more ball did they? Or just, just it comes down to that, doesn't it? You know, this is. Um, I don't know if I said it in the pod or did I say it before the pod? I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll trot out the stat again, but this, to my money, is the, it's only the second game Wales have played in this winning streak where they've had more possession and territory than the opposition. Yeah, it's and, quite, it's quite lopsided. And, and it's well. normally, it is normally quite lopsided. In most games, Wales have thirty odd percent. Today, it's been sixty yeah. percent. So it's it's a it's a bizarre trend that you never really get an even game with Wales, and you know, sixty percent of possession in a game, you know. When you defend him for that long, like England, it takes its toll. England made twice as many tackles as Wales. I didn't see that coming before the game. I'm well, not that's sure because, because he kept kicking the ball away. I'm not sure many people did see that coming. No. Um, Maybe we, England not quite as good as people were making out. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I think yeah. Fran- France were clearly the shambles, and yeah. I think Ireland played sort of one-up rugby and didn't didn't learn sort of the mistakes that some of the mistakes we made today. We, we mm. played one-up rugby. Mm. We didn't learn from it. Ireland never learned from it. And also, you, you probably can't underestimate sort of maybe how much of an emotional impact that last year take, took out on Ireland. Grand Slam, winning tour in Australia, beating New Zealand. There's always going to be yeah. a bit. There's, there's always going to be maybe a bit of a come down from yeah, that. These games, I was like today, and it didn't go either way. It's not a lot in it, is it, between the top no. teams? Very obvious. It's on a day. It's all on a day. Uh, where was um, where was the game? won and lost then today Ben was there a particular area or facet of the game that you, you sort of picked up on um, I'd probably say saying the introduction of Dan Bigger sounds a bit harsh on Gareth Anscombe so I don't think he did too much wrong I thought Gareth Anscombe let's give him dues was very good today I think he was very good I said so, back to 10-9 exactly yeah. and it was it's similar to sort of although he wasn't as good in Paris but it was a similar situation where in Paris when he came on Wales had just got back to within mm. sort of one score and it seems to be something that the Wales coaching staff seem to like you know? well, we spoke about it on Thursday you know Dan Bigger coming off the bench and, and Wales are there or thereabouts you'd be fairly comfortable if he's coming off the bench and Wales are leading like I said Wales win the game Yeah, you know you trust him to, to finish games off um, so yeah you know it's, you know, well, what a position to be in like I always thought that the reaction to Gareth Anscombe can be a bit of a myth at times I saw a lot of people are saying he's had a lot of stick this week. Now, I don't know if I've been looking in the wrong places, but I'm I look- haven't seen Gareth Anscombe have, have much stick. I'm looking. I'm, was- I'm looking in the same places as you because I, I don't. I don't see it. You know, I, I feel. I feel everyone wants it to be boom or bust with Anscombe, and I just think let's accept the fact that we've got at least two very good flyers well, here. Eddie Jones said after the game, blessed. "Wales are blessed to have two, two such good outside halves." And I, I, th- I think Wales have stumbled upon something that quite works. Where you know you play sixty minutes with Anscombe. Yeah, who maybe takes a couple more risks? Although he, he does, he kicks a lot in the game plan we're playing. I thought maybe today he kicked too much at sometimes. Um, but you know, like Simon Simon Thomas said in the stadium, in that first half, you felt the most likely Wales were going to score was from his chips. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's, it's it's a valid point. And then sixty minutes comes on, and Dan Bigger came on, kicked the leather off the ball, but it was just brilliant kicking, wasn't it? Yeah, played really well. I can only think of one kick he put up in oh, those 20 minutes yeah. which wasn't yeah. competable for, yeah and for Corey Hill's try he turned up as come half uh, bigger he'll run a brilliant line to uh, a brilliant angle and 
but that angle was partially made as well by bigger giving a lovely weight on the pass yeah, I've just seen some good on that though I've just and, seen some... and then of course it was a pinpoint cross kick uh, for the Adams try bigger knew the referee was playing advantage so he decided a cross kick and it was a pinpoint trademark kick and uh, the rest is history I've just seen on that though I've just seen something flash up on my screen here Northampton Saints on uh, on Instagram with some good banter this <laughs> evening yeah uh, they mocked up Dan Bigger in a headset uh, like he's in a call centre and said, hello, Big speaking, how can I assist you? <laughs> which, is, uh, which is quite nice. Um, Wales are now in the driving seat down for the Six Nations. Um, obviously the only team left that can win a Grand Slam. Um, they can no longer be the underdogs. In any well, they're favourites because their destiny's in their own hands. Exactly. So now they go from being the underdogs. They're the most successful in, Welsh team in terms of wins, winning streak in history. Oh. I'm aware of that. Yeah. We're on a different topic there. Someone, someone yeah. say they're the greatest team ever. Mm. Can I get to my point? <laughs> Why? What's your point? Wales have been underdogs in a big game. Now they can no longer play up to that tag. They can no longer develop this siege mentality where everybody thinks we're going to lose. England are coming here. They're awesome. We're not so good. That's, that can't happen now. So now they have to get comfortable with the favourites tag. Does that worry you at all? No. Because Wales have had the favourites tag before. They had it in 2012. And they, they had it in 2013. And managed to, uh, to pull that off after a slow start. But, so yeah, they got you know they can deal with that favourites tag. And I think they're quite comfortable. They're used to winning, aren't they? As Alan Wynne-Jones said in the post-match press conference, we don't know how to lose. So why not? Wales are going to Scotland now as firm favourites. Wales are on a mission for a Grand Slam. Scotland are likely to be with a few of their best players for injury. Yeah. I, I expect Wales to go up there and win. And, but then, final match of the Championship is to be a titanic battle with Ireland, who could still be in the end for the title race. Wales have got to do the Grand Slam to win the title, though, as it is England's, because England are picking up so many bonus points. Of course, so, you know, Wales are unbeaten, but only two points ahead of England. Yeah. Gallon's never lost to Scotland as well, has he? Yeah, he has, two years ago. How but he, he won how, how he was the main man now. Yeah, well. How he was the main yeah, man. Well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he'll be yeah. desperate to keep yeah. that one going. You better go on a jolly up there as well, up to Edinburgh. Call her jolly, Didn't man. Jolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, you went yeah, to nice. South of France. <laughs> and Italy. That, ladies Franco, and gents. Franco, Italiana. That, ladies and gents, is what you call hook, line and sinker. Sinker or sinkler? Sinker or sinkler. I did see you on Twitter. You uh, tweeted us earlier saying that should be the headline on the back of the Western Mail. Um, I can't... I I don't know what the print boys have done with that, but I'm not sure that is, but that's a very good suggestion. Um, Before this match, uh, the likes of Stuart Barnes alluded to Wales' Rugby World Cup hopes um, not being particularly bright despite uh, the winning run that they're on. Um, the Kiwi media uh, were not particularly nice about what Wales had done up to this point um, does that silence the critics? yeah it does yeah yeah. I did New Zealand radio show last night and they were astounded when I t- tipped Wales to win this match and I explained why England had, you know, England had perhaps been tested as much as they could have this championship and Wales are a really good side you know Wales have beaten Australia they've beaten South Africa yeah twice then double over Argentina in, in South America and uh, you know Wales are genuine World Cup contenders they can get out of that group and perhaps as group winners they might not have to get out of there as group winners anyway you, you, you might be better sometimes you're better off becoming uh, mm-hmm. uh, runners up and as Gatlin said today Wales get better as tournaments uh, progress 
Mm. So Wales got to go into that tournament feeling they've got a chance of lifting the World Cup. Why, why not? Because New Zealand have come back towards the pack. Mm. Ben? Yeah, you know, I, I don't buy into this idea. Like, I think the question was raised, does this win now make Wales genuine World Cup contenders? I don't buy into the fact that a win today makes them contenders and, and had we lost, we're not. You know, that's the sort of boom and bust nature with Test Rugby that mm. the latest win makes you a contender and otherwise you're not, you know. Unless we were running around like headless chickens out there with clearly no game plan. Wales are going to be in some shape or form contenders for the World Cup because there's a certain number of test teams who are at the top of test rugby and they're going to be there at the World mm. Cup and Wales are one of them. It's as simple yeah. as that. Uh, and England and another. Exactly. You know, England lost the day, but they might still win the World Cup. Mm. Yeah, you know, Ireland might win the World Cup. Like like Eddie Jones said, yeah. we're not, people aren't thinking about the World Cup, we're thinking about the Six Nations at the minute. And that's... That's yeah. what it is, you know. Not, not but, everything. But not what, everything. You, what, what Ben said though, is dead right, doesn't it? Oh, you know, if you lose the day, oh, we're not World Cup contenders and all that's a lot of rubbish. You know? no, and that's the world we live in, in the world of social media for you. Mm. People just react to things, and then a few days later, they forgot all about it. Right. Well, uh, to, just to finish off, then um, Warren Gatland had, had never beaten Eddie Jones uh, as Wales head coach. Um, did Gatland outcoach Eddie Jones today? Yes, he did. He did. But Wales his tactics. Wales got their tactics spot on. Yep. England and England couldn't, and England failed to adjust their tactics during the game. So yes, resounding victory to get for Gatland. Seems like a pretty good place to finish things off. Then okay, so the Six Nations heads into. Know, Matt, you left what? one thing out. Sorry, can to stop you? Even though you know we. Want, I was in full flow. You, you stopped me in full flow. You that you you need to ask you now. Need to tell the listener who's going to Wales going to win the Six Nations. That's why I want to know off you boys. I backed Wales from the start. Yeah, I'm so, going to stop so, now. Oh, right. So did I. 100%. Yeah. I said, oh, yeah. I said if they won in France, they'd win. There we I are. I doubt with that after Paris a little bit. But I, I've been very... I've kept my counsel this week, but... No, you haven't. You haven't. No, <laughs> no on, publicly I have. But I'm going to bring up the piece that I wrote after the Italy game saying I wasn't very concerned. You said you weren't hung up or something, didn't you? I'm not getting hung up like everybody ah. else. Yeah. So yeah. there's no reason for me to yeah. stop back in Wales now. No, I genuinely believe they are on a very, very promising path, far beyond this Six Nations Championship. There we are. Good. Can I go into my big finish? Yes. Go on. <laughs> I knew you got to get back. Um, so there we are then. So the Six Nations heads into a fallow week now, but that doesn't mean uh, the action stops for us here at Wales Online. There's going to be plenty going on in the next two weeks as we build up to Scotland. Of course, a Grand Slam is on, and we'll be bringing you all the latest on Wales Online.